0: Welcome to Dogs of War Podcast, with your hosts, Sway Houston and Steven Anamarchi.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Joint Forces Canine. Their ad will follow after this. Podcast is also brought to you by Alpine Arms. Alpine Arms is a veteran-owned and operated gun store and training source located in the heart of Eagle, Colorado. They can be found online at alpinearms.com or in person at 50 Chambers Ave. in Eagle, Colorado. All right. Well, Spartan Leatherworks, Haran Von Garath, sent me a uh, retro sleeve. It's a, basically it's a sleeve with saddle, lever, saddle leather on the forearm to, I guess, the, to, helps to enhance some dogs who need help with, uh, with their grip. So it's very uh, nice product, super high quality, and I and I really like it. So shout out to Spartan Leatherworks. All right. Also, gonna give a plug to my buddy Armin Winkler, who is uh has Winkler Training Institute in God almighty, I am struggling today. Winkler Training Institute and Rivana Canine Services. Him and Pat Nolan put together a laser directionals course. And it's not just a video series, it's like a video series, you have one-on-one chats with an instructor to critique your work you send in videos it's it's done in like little modules it's pretty cool so give them a check check a shout out and check that out oh my god i cannot talk right now it's been a couple weeks since i've recorded so i'm a little rusty but um yeah so the guest today um is rob shoemaker rob shoemake's uh the owner of joint forces canine training group and has a bunch of other businesses too so um he was a U.S. Army Military Police. He did four years in the Army. He was uh, three years as a civilian law enforcement officer. Uh, he's done a bunch of private security. He's 15 years as a firearms instructor and owner at Equip to Conceal Firearms Group. And he's owned joint forces for about six years now, going on seven. So I really uh, enjoyed this. Rob's a sponsor of the podcast. So this will be a good one. Hang in there and thanks for listening, guys. Please leave us a review and a rating if you wouldn't mind. Happy New Year and uh, keep crushing, guys.
0: The cat sat on the From basic to advanced training, Joint Forces Canine offers Arkansas's best dog training services. Whether you want to get your pet up to speed on basic obedience or are looking for more advanced training, such as specific odor detection, personal protection, competition and trial prep, service dog training, and more, the professionals at Joint Forces Canine will help your dog become the best that it can be. Joint Forces Canine is veteran owned and offers all levels of training for pets and working dogs on their 20 acre dog training facility. Which includes kennels, an indoor training arena, a pro shop, technical ponds, a trial field, and an agility course. Contact us today for more information and a free evaluation. You can also learn about our boarding, grooming, and working dog sales. Joint Forces K9 www.jointforcescanine.com or call 479 802 0775. Jointforcescanine.com 479 802
1: Alrighty. Welcome to the show, Rob. How you doing? Thank you. How are you doing? Oh, excellent, man. Been uh, had a long week of learning with some really great people and some really great attendance at a really great facility. And we'll talk more about that uh, towards the end of the podcast. But um, thanks for taking the time to do this and, um, you know, being here with us. It, it really means a lot.
2: I appreciate the
3: opportunity. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and I've been taking a little bit of a hiatus on my end. I've been so busy with work, so it's, it's nice to be back and kind of get in the back in the swing of things with Sway. Excellent.
1: All right. So, uh, Rob, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell everybody who you are, what you got, what's your kind of broad strokes, uh, who you are.
2: So, my name is Rob Shoemaker. Mm-hmm. I own and operate Joint Forces Canine. Uh, we're located in Salem Springs, Arkansas. We're a pet. Where we focus primarily on pet training at the facility, but we also uh, offer services for um, working dogs, uh, service dogs. We do a little bit of just a little bit of hunting dog training. And we also focus on behavior modifications. We're fortunate to have a couple of canine behavior specialists on staff. And so we take on some kind of serious cases sometimes for people that are having some aggression issues with their dogs.
1: Awesome. Yeah, man. Um, you know, I've been to your facility in first person, you forgot to mention the seminars that you po- that you host and, um, kind of the, the high caliber level of people that you, you, attract to your business. And, uh, just so, just to kind of compound on what Rob said there, they also offer that aspect of it too.
3: Steve. Yeah. And, and what a facility it is. I mean, I've only seen pictures and videos that that Sway has sent me, but, uh, Man, I can't wait to get an opportunity to go out there and, and check out uh, not only the facility, but like what Sway was saying, in reference to some of the, uh, the workshops and seminars that we're putting on, you have some amazing people, world-class, and I don't, I don't say that loosely, I really mean that, some world-class trainers, and, and uh, what, what a great combination, world-class facility, world-class trainers.
2: I appreciate that, Steve. We really, we really try hard and um i don't think there's anybody else in the country that is uh doing this on a regular basis you know i've i've got a goal mm-hmm. of having anywhere from 9 to 10 different trainers out here on an annual basis and uh bringing a variety of of different things we we just finished up a great seminar i think we'll probably touch base on that here shortly uh with our yeah. de- our detection summit and uh i like to focus on on some pet training stuff and some competition level obedience uh i I like the detection side we do a little bit of protection and and just to give a smorgasbord is the best way to say it of uh uh, different kinds of uh, disciplines yeah and just to kind of follow what rob
1: said i'll paint you guys a visual picture of what you know his place looks like so imagine 20 acres of perfectly mowed lawn fenced in uh (laughs) he's got some big ponds that you can utilize to swim your dog practice a a similar somewhat version of a dock diving but you can definitely swim them uh you know nice air-conditioned building for classroom instruction There's, uh, marketing materials all over the walls, TVs that are big enough for everybody in the back to see. Um, there's a full agility type field. There's a schutzend blind setup, uh, kind of like a trial prep area. And then the kennels I've been inside of them, they're air conditioning, they're clean, they're safe. The dogs are, you know, it's just, it's just top notch. And I, I joke with Rob and I always say, uh, Anybody who has their own icon on Waze, I don't know if that's a thing. I've never seen that other than, like, Walmart. And when you're pulling up to Joint Forces, there's a Joint Forces logo on your Waze screen, man. That's so cool.
2: I, I appreciate that. And I think that's what some of this uh, podcast is going to be about is, is just business tips and and those fine details. Uh, branding is so huge. You know, when you walk into our facility, we have our brand brand all over the place. It's on the uh, rugs when you come in. We've got air fresheners. We've got it on our, our place cots and, and you know, we, our shirts and stickers, and the, the list goes on. And branding is, is, is extremely important in your business. You, you need to have, a, you know, a nice logo and, and something that uh, can describe your business within the logo, sure. have a catchy name, and um, you need to push that. Uh, you, you need yeah. people to remember you when, you're, when, when they leave Joint Forces K-9.
3: Well, I've heard you all the way from Texas, from Dallas, Texas. I've heard of your facility, so that means your branding is doing a good job of
2: getting out there. Speaking of branding, how did you come up with the business name, Joint Forces? That's a, that's a good one. Um, when this company started, uh, and it's been about six years ago, we had partnered with, um, we had a partner in, in Europe. And so at first, it was the two countries, which was Holland uh, and the United States, working together because we were importing puppies. Uh, we were, uh, you know focusing on importing good line uh, puppies uh, for sale to make available here in the U.S. Uh, but then later on, I, I uh, brought on another uh, partner, and, and he happened to be a marine, and so that's where we that's where we reinforced it was, you know, joint forces having, you know, two different military branches and, and then the two right. countries working together.
1: Awesome. So, you know, I'm going to kind of dig in a little bit deeper on, on, you know, starting the joint forces. Why, why, I mean, why did you pick Siloam Springs, Arkansas, and and how did you go about finding the property and the location and making sure that that was going to be a good fit for the business you guys were trying to attract?
2: So I I, I really did not want to set the business up here. Oh. Um, I I'm not th- this is not my first place. I I, I really am partial to Salt Lake or or Phoenix, but I was born in Hot Springs, Arkansas. I lived in Arkansas until I was about six, and then uh, my father got a job uh, with Coors Brewing Company. And so that brought us out to Denver, and mm. I spent uh, uh, my you know, juvenile years and going through school in Denver, Colorado, before I entered the United States Army. But uh, I was brought back here because my parents were getting older, and then I had a grandfather that was sick. And we needed to, uh, I needed to stick around for them. But with that being said, uh, my business partner actually ran across this particular uh, property uh, when we were looking and researching. And we went down and took a look at it. And at one time, uh, there was a guy running Labradors, working Labradors out of uh, that one, um, what is that, a 40 by, or 60, 40 by 100 actually is the size of the kennels and uh it worked out and i was like you know this looks good so we um applied for the loan got accepted and that's kind of how it all started but you know i describe it and i think i've shown you pictures that it looked kind of like jurassic park i mean it, it, it was <laughs> a nice building on the property and the property was was well groomed and stuff but you got this really rocky road that you know like a, that red mud road mm-hmm. when you're when you're driving in and and that's what's going around to the back of the building. And it just wasn't very much to look at. And so I had a goal that, you know, within the first year that we were going to, you know, clean some of that up and make it a little more inviting. Uh, you know, one of the most important things is reinvesting. And, and that's one thing that I did is I reinvest in and, I, and actually that number 60 percent. And I'll reinvest 60 percent of our profits into, you know, making the property nicer, you know, and, and doing my improvements and, and bringing on additional trainers, um, equipment and things like that. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot, that's a lot of business, uh, a lot of business
3: knowledge right there that you're sharing with everybody. Investing back into your business is something that a lot of guys forget to do, especially when you're starting in a new place. And as far as the location is concerned, like I agree with Sway, That I did not know that part of Arkansas existed. But I guess it's kind of like the field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. If you do a good enough job, it, you, you will attract the right people. Uh, so how are you attracting all these other, your your your, your, uh, your employees? How are you doing such a good job of getting top-notch guys there and keeping people employed and keeping the business running?
2: I think what brings people here is, number one, we, we do have a nice facility. Uh, we have a lot of opportunities here. But I, I think what, what grabs a lot of the trainers that we bring in is the fact that I'll go out to the schools. I've, I've been invited out to some of the top schools in the country. Um, some mm-hmm. of those being star Mark, the Tom Rose school, uh, Kenilwood, and they'll bring us out. We'll go out there and make a presentation. And um, we, it, well, I guess you could say we offer more than anybody else does. One of the things that I like is that we don't put, trainers in as contractors a lot of places huh. when you apply for a dog trainer they're going to bring you in under 1099 contract and there's disadvantages right. there's disadvantages dis- disadvantages that people aren't mm-hmm. aware of which means mm-hmm. you're paying more taxes you have no workers comp um you have to bring the dogs to your home mm-hmm. and and that's where the dogs will stay so you'll take on a couple of boarding trains and they'll go home with you and you've got those barking dogs in the background and it's not you know, it's not the ideal, um, situation for a lot of trainers. So we offer, uh, you're, you're an employee here. You have that workers comp, you have that insurance. We offer a base salary. We offer an opportunity for people to make bonuses and commissions. We offer Nine. PTO and sick time that's paid. We offer medical, dental, and vision paid at 65%. We offer employee discounts. And then we have these seminars that we have come in and they can, they can attend these seminars at no charge. And so I don't think there's anybody else really doing that. And, and that's attractive. Mm -hmm. But the other thing, Steve, is the fact that these trainers are brand new people. I mean, they're just getting out of school and Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of places won't take them on. They, they want to have, you have to have a couple of years of experience. And I get that. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I think it's important that you give people an opportunity. Uh, If I wasn't ever given a chance in my lifetime, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. So it's critical. It's very critical that you, you help these people and, And I guess you could say set the right example and mentor them so that they can get to the next level. And so we will bring all these folks in that have have got no experience. We'll put them with experienced trainers. They're going to shadow us for a period of time, and then we're going to walk them through it and start feeding them evaluations. And that's another thing that differentiates for us from others is we... The trainer that you're assigned to, that's the thats the, the trainer that you're going to get your evaluation. They're going to get you contracted. They're going to train your dog, not a bunch of other people. That one person's going to build that relationship, which is so critical for the dog. Instead of the dog moving through three or four different trainers, then you have a guy that finishes the dog and does the turnover. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not saying, like I said, I don't want people to listen to this podcast and think that that's a bad thing that you do. You, I I'm, I'm doing me and, and what, and this is the way we operate and it's, it's, it's worked for us. And that's attractive for people to come here. The only, the only disadvantage is, is that a lot of those people use this as a stepping stone and I'm okay with that. And after they've completed their first year, then they move on and, and, Either they think they can do it on their own and, and I mean, I'll give you my blessings and you can go do that. It's, it's not real easy. I think that you should stick around for a few years and, and, uh, and get additional experience, but we you know, they, they move on and they either start their own thing or they, you know, move on to a different business.
1: Yeah. That's, uh, that was a lot. Um, sorry. No, 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 no. This is what you're here for. This is what you're, you know, like I, You you mentor me. You you give me time and advice Mm -hmm. on the uh, on your own time, Mm and you know you've helped me a lot, and you continue to help me. So I uh, don't don't feel like you're talking too much, man. This is this is about you. Mm -hmm. Um, we're just glad to have you. So, uh, obviously, uh, you know, so my situation, I am a private lesson dog trainer right now. I'm really not set up to do board and trains, but after talking with. A few of the guys like Dylan and uh, Adam and Nick and kind of getting some guidance and advice from them, from, you know, you kind of arranging that meeting. Um, did you start like that? Or did you start, I mean, obviously you bought the, the the property and then I guess from my optics, how do I get from where I'm at to where you're at? You know, and not, you don't have to tell like step-by-step, step, but like, where's the piece in that, that I'm missing? You, you know, you just jumped in, I'm kind of building it slowly because that's all I can do right now. So, you know, if you were going to give me a couple next steps on how to kind of scale my model and kind of get more towards, you know, a a higher level of obviously income, but uh, outreach in, in my area.
2: Build your brand. Build your brand. Have good customer service do the right thing with the dog, make sure you're turning out a quality product, something that you can stand behind and endorse. And uh fault and just follow up with your people, make sure that they're successful when they're with their dogs when you do that turnover. Mm-hmm. Um I and the reinvestment that I talked about, you know, a lot of business people, they 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 get done at the end of the month and they, they have all these profits and they're like, Oh, maybe I need a new car or maybe I need to, you know, buy this, you know, Rolex watch or, you know, whatever, go on vacation. Um, I have not had a full vacation in a few years. It's Mm. rough. Um, I work seven days a week. Um, I I'm scheduled, for example, I'm scheduled to be off tomorrow, but, There's always something, you know, we're not a huge business. I mean, we, we operate 15 full-time employees here, but there is always something that needs attention. And so I, I can't stress enough the follow-up with, with those clients and, and those referrals. The word of mouth is huge. We have a, a fairly large marketing budget. I mean, we spend tens of thousands of dollars a year on our marketing. And, again, I'm, I've been talking about that branding, but we've, you know, we, we run on digital billboards. I do Google AdWords. We do um, Facebook uh, marketing, Instagram, YouTube. There's some geofencing. So once you come into a certain – so, like, we'll geofence. That's another uh, nice tip is we geofence pet stores. And so once these people are within that fencing around that, that uh, business, it sends them our ad. Right on their phone. Right right on their phone. And then we we prompt them to give us a call. We offer we offer a free evaluation. We'll offer you a hundred dollars off your um your first uh board and train package. And Mm. so I guess just to recap that is uh the reinvestment, it you know, you got you've got to do that reinvestment and you've got to uh have you know do that follow up. Does
3: that make sense? It makes perfect sense to me. It makes a lot of sense. Um, I mean, it goes back to your first point, just reinvesting into yourself and into your clients and making sure they're taken care of. And I mean, word of mouth in the dog industry is such a big thing in my opinion, because the canine world is not, not as big as some people think. You know, you're always like one or two people removed from someone in the canine world, I always feel. Like if I don't know you directly, I probably know somebody who knows you. Uh, and, uh, everybody has an opinion. And if you do a good job of taking care of people, man, I, I love it. I, I love the, the, the business model. I think it, it says a lot about who you are and how you conduct a business and then how, why you're successful. It makes a lot of sense.
2: I also want to interject something else, and that is you've you're gonna you've got to push these clients because if they're not successful with their dog and and that dog starts starts to regress, you're not mm. going to get that referral. So right. I I run a fairly strict business model that your lessons you have an expiration date, and so I for, like for follow up lessons when you pick up your dog. Not only are we going to do a demonstration, so we, we do a demonstration behind closed blinds. The reason we mm-hmm. do that is I want the client to see that we have accomplished everything that was agreed upon. And, and that's part of our foundation or like our on-leash obedience. This is, yeah. this is what we talked about in the eval. Then we're going to have them work with us for a full hour and, and make mm-hmm. sure that they're coached properly before they go home. And then they only have 30 days to come back in for follow up lessons. I need the consistency with that training, and I Mm -hmm. need to hold these people accountable. And then it, it yeah. prevents that regression and you having a one-star review or, or an issue. So
1: right. just to kind of, so what I see in, in, in within my business, I get cancellations, I get no-shows, and you, you kind of guided me. We'll get more into the forms mm-hmm. and the contracting mm-hmm. and stuff. But what protocols, uh, more than what you just kind of said, do you guys have in place to ensure that these clients are going to do what they say they're going to do That so that the dog... You know, whatever you, whatever guarantees your business makes these people, how do you keep their dog and them in the right headspace? And how do you differentiate or, or not hire, or not hire, but not take on clients that you can see aren't going to be consistent? And like, like Dylan said, uh, you know, in his voicemail, if he doesn't answer the phone, it says, please go to our website and fill out our contact form. If they don't do that, he's not talking to them because they just didn't follow the first simple task and, and rule or direction that he gave them.
2: How do you hold people accountable once they leave your facility? I, 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 don't, I don't know how to answer that, to be honest with you. We, we show them other videos of of other dogs that we've trained, and, and we take that hour and, and we take them inside, we take them outside. We'll even offer to go out on a field trip with them to, to work those environmentals. But how, how do you, I I don't know how to, I I don't know what to say because once they leave the facility, they're on their own, either you want to be successful with your dog or you don't. And we, we Mm -hmm. do have these issues on occasion and I describe it like this and people laugh at it all the time, but there's some folks that come in here and think that you just plug a cat five cable on the rear end and you download this (laughs) program and it's all done. (laughs) And, and because we get these calls that come in on occasion, it's not very often, but these people will call in and they're like, oh, my my dog isn't doing what it was doing. It won't stay up on the the place cod or it's, it's not doing this. And then the first thing we go to is, do you have all your tools? No, we don't have our tools with us. We We showed you how to do everything and how to be successful before you left. So I... I will tell you this, we will do a follow-up call if we don't hear from a client within maybe, you know, 10 to 12 days. We're going to call them and say, "Hey, you've got your follow-up lessons. Remember, they expire in 30 days." But it's mm-hmm. really it's really up to them to do the follow-up. I mean, what what else can you do except call somebody and say, "Hey, you need to come in and do your follow-up. Are you going to are you going to make it in?" I don't know how else to do
1: it. Steve, I'm going to step on you real quick here. I guess so like I had a client that had a a dog with a human and an animal bite history, right? And they didn't want to use training tools. They didn't want to use a muzzle. They didn't want to do this. But then if their dog goes out and bites somebody after you've worked with it and they're like, well, Steve Houston trained my dog. You know, like I guess what, what safety measures do you have in place to take liability off of you for somebody that doesn't hold up their end of the bargain and then a
2: problem happens like that? I'll tell you this, that it wasn't until about a year ago and I got this and I, I think it's important, you know, to give credit where credit is due. And, and, um, Emily from uh smart canine, uh, she's up in Fargo, North Dakota. She, I went up there to do when I'm traveling, I like to audit and I like to stop at at facilities. I want to kind of see how they're operating so I can compare notes and see if there's anything that I can add to be better. And she, when they do a turnover, you have to sign a health and training acceptance agreement. And so we, that's what you have to do. So once we have, have done your demo, and once we've done your, your session, at that time you have to sign this document saying that you're comfortable with the health of your dog and that you, um, are, are, are you, you're, you're satisfied with the training and that you're going to keep up with it. And so that, that kind of makes me feel better, and it releases us from that liability.
3: I like that. I want to I go back to something you said before, Rob, about your business model about not being afraid of hiring new people. I think that's great. I think you're right that everybody has to start somewhere. Someone needs to, you know, for me, it was Tony Guzman in, in Miami, Florida. He took a chance on me when honestly I didn't have the resume for him to do that. But for whatever reason, and God bless him, he took the chance, and, and I thank him all the time. It's actually his birthday was yesterday, and I, I, I made sure that I, I message him, and I, I give him my gratitude for taking that chance because I, I told him he's the foundation of everything my career has, has turned in and blossomed, um, and I'd like to give that credit. And I'm sure, and I hope that, that people are giving you that credit. But on the flip side, Surely you're going to run into some issues over time. Have you had issues with some of the new trainers and have you ever had to, you know, cut ties with somebody?
2: We I think every business is that we're pretty transparent and there are businesses, every business has got issues and, and we've had our fair share of issues. I tried, I have a coaching process and, and I like. I have kind of like a three strike rule. I like to coach people and, mm-hmm. and, let's talk about what happened and let's let's talk about how you can do better but then Mm -hmm. there are people that unfortunately you just can't help they're kind of tied in their ways and um you know i i have had issues in the past again with full transparency where um you know with the food deprivation and and when dogs come into our facility we want people to bring dog food in with their dogs and and i Mm -hmm. and i get that that during training and, and we do do this where, you know, the dogs get their meals during training, but I, I, you know, I've had issues where, you know, we're not, we're, we're we're doing too much food deprivation and and I just won't tolerate that. Um, I I'm very strict and there'll be some people that will probably, uh, giggle about this or smirk that, if If a dog loses five percent of its body weight at the facility, and I understand that there's it's a stressful environment and and dog a dog's going to lose weight when they come in the facility, I need to be notified and then uh we have a log on our, on each kennel run we have a log describing how much food did the dog eat for the day, what does the waste look like of the dog? were the medications given and at what time? What's the weight mm-hmm. of the dog? And we, we take a weight every single day of, of the dog. And I want to follow up on that. Once we hit 10%, I'm in, char- I'm in contact with the clients to let them know wow. what's going on. And, uh, you know, if I, it depends on the weight of the dog, you know, and is it, is it a small dog or is it a big dog? I mean, 10, 10% sure. can be quite a bit. If it becomes a concern for me, then, you know, we're going we're gonna to take further action about it.
0: From basic to advanced training, Joint Forces Canine offers Arkansas's best dog training services. Whether you want to get your pet up to speed on basic obedience or are looking for more advanced training, such as specific odor detection, personal protection, competition and trial prep, service dog training, and more, the professionals at Joint Forces Canine will help your dog become the best that it can be. Joint Forces Canine is veteran-owned and offers all levels of training for pets and working dogs on their 20-acre dog training facility. Facility, which includes kennels, an indoor training arena, a pro shop, technical ponds, a trial field, and an agility course. Contact us today for more information and a free evaluation. You can also learn about our boarding, grooming, and working dog sales. Joint Forces Canine, www.jointforcescanine.com or call 479-802-0775, jointforcescanine.com, 479-802-0775
1: just to kind of uh, piggyback off some of the earlier conversations um, when you started this, did you immediately go to the mobile dog grooming and all of the extra things that you guys do, or was it 100% solely based on privates and board and trains?
2: We started this business doing private lessons, group lessons and, and board and trains. The reinvestment is what allowed us to get into some of these other um, uh, services that we offer i was actually a little standoffish about getting into the grooming because uh, as people know that are most of the people that are that would be listening to this podcast it's already difficult enough dealing with individuals that don't know very much about dogs uh, it's just their pet dog and and they don't really understand it um it, it's hard enough to get some people just you know to give a minor correction to their dog uh, and, and as we all know that that's pretty important. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't sure if I wanted to start dealing with people and haircuts and, oh, this is too short or you didn't trim here or trim there. But I, I kept getting pressed for it with dogs that were coming in for training. And, and, and it's okay. I mean, I'm glad that we, we brought it up. So we, after the, the board and trains, we got into uh, the mobile grooming. I purchased two mobile grooming salons. And so we travel northwest Arkansas doing that, you know, seven days a week but uh and i don't know where i don't know where it's going to go from here some of the other stuff is just you know it can can be a headache to operate uh and then finding the right people that will will stay on board you know just like any other business it can be a challenge holding on to employees and i i see myself on a on a fairly consistent basis having to continue to raise uh wages Is you know for even for kennel techs to keep those people, wow. to keep those people here, um, you know, uh, there's got to be some kind of a motivator. And I, I thought, and I think, we, I, you know, again, I think we we do a lot of the right things with the. I don't know any dog training facility that's giving 65 percent medical, dental, and vision. Um, and I'm not saying it's not out there. I don't know everybody, but I, I don't really know. And so we we try to be as in in inviting as we can and in, in do everything we can to retain our people in fact i'm starting next year a 401k and i don't know if there's wow. any dog training facilities doing that either so i continue to up the ante if you will to do everything i can to to make our people happy and to keep that retainability i would rather pay somebody more money than having to keep hiring and retraining someone and and so Value, what I'm saying is value your people, you know, pay them, pay them what they're worth. And if, if they stay, you know, anybody, I think anybody that stays over a year, that's somebody you probably need to take a a closer look at. And maybe you can do something more for them. You know, my trainers, I don't have any trainers here except for one that is local. All of my trainers have come as far as the East and West Coast, to, to wow. work here, well, yeah, because they they go to school and we pick them up at you know you know one of the schools, Starmark or or Kennelwood or Tom Rose. I mean, we our last two trainers have come from Tom Rose, and uh, uh, you know they're from all over the place, and so you you got to have something that's going to keep them there. And uh, and do you the, think they you're having that kind of? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, do you think you're having that kind of success
3: uh, reaching? People that far away because of your advertising or do you think it's a mixture of a lot of things
2: i think it's the i think it's because of our reputation you know we we have been around now for six years and and there are people that say a lot of good things about us right. and i'm going to go back to what i said steve about the start most people won't give these people a start or a chance right. and they want that that season trainer and again i get that but uh you gotta give somebody a chance so they can get started. I mean, these guys just paid yeah. some of these guys have paid fifteen or twenty thousand dollars to go to school for three to oh, six wow. months. I don't know if you knew that. But <laughs> no. but do, yeah, it's a lot of money.
1: Do you hire have you ever hired any trainers that don't have that? Like say somebody like me who you know, knows their way around a dog and who has been doing the seminar circuit and had their hands on dogs for a decade. I, you know, I I may or may not know more than these people, but is that a, is that a
2: strict hiring criteria that joint forces has? There are two trainers at the facility currently that have never been to school. And I know a lot of other trainers. There's some big names out there. I, uh, I mean, Larry Crone is one of them. He's a good friend of mine. And, uh, he never went to a formal school when he got started, and so in in, in that case, we're we're going to do a an interview over the telephone. You're going to need to send us some videos of you working a dog, um, and then I'm going to want to have a third interview after that with a couple of my trainers so that we can, you know, have some discussion about what you know and, and you know how how you feel about this, and uh, are you are you going to what I, I describe as a balanced trainer. Do you believe in positive and negative reinforcement? Or are you just going to be a positive only trainer? And so we, we, we go through all of that and then we run a background check on trainers. I don't, you know, I want to make sure that wow. I've, I've got quality people coming in uh, and then we'll give you a chance. If if you, if, if, if all that looks good, uh, heck yeah, you can come on board. You don't need to have any certificate. That's awesome. so, Dog training, I feel like every year,
3: and rightfully so, gets to the point where it's getting a little bit more pricey. Are you doing anything to help people with some of that pricing? Do you offer any kind of financing or anything like that?
2: So we, we have a discount. We do offer an emergency responder veteran discount. for the. That's the first thing we do. The second thing we do is we do offer two types of financing through two different companies um, that you can do an application on our website. It takes about three or four minutes to do that. And then within about a minute, you have an answer. Uh, and in a lot of cases, they'll they'll pick that training up, they pay us up front, and then you can make your payments to them. And so nice. those are the options that we have uh, for people. And if I if I need to do something like you know they can maybe pay half up front and they're on a four week board and train and then maybe on the last week we'll we'll collect the rest uh, you know we can do something like that as well.
1: That's awesome. I didn't know that. I, I learned something new today. Well, that's probably my thousandth thing I've learned new for today. for the financing. <laughs> yeah, I oh, didn't know that. I did not know that. I no. can
2: I can share that. And, and honestly, for the, for those people that are listening, you know, with the way this podcast is going to be labeled. Uh, we, we use, um, lending USA, uh, and we also use PayPal credit. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. So
1: what, uh, let me see here. All right. So contracts, contracts are important, right? Intake forms, cancellation policies, the, the take home form. Can you kind of expound on, uh, what your intake and your contracts and your release forms kind of in a little bit more detail that protect you and make sense business wise? Because in the beginning, I didn't do that, and I people would cancel on me day of. I, I've even showed up to somebody's house forty minutes away, and they no show, no no answer to the phone, no answer to the door, and I and I was leaking money that way. Under your guidance, I I draft I had some forms drafted up, and now I've got that stuff in place. But could you kind of? expound on, you know, how you develop that and what some of your, uh, contracts and
2: criteria look like. So when we first started, uh, we, we didn't have any kind of a contract <clears throat> in place and that only lasted about two months. <laughs> and, uh, just because we were getting people booked in and l- let's be honest, uh, most people, in my opinion, are impulse buyers and so when you have, uh, you know, we do free evaluations. So when you come into our facility, my trainers are instructed to have a dog on a climb and to give the client, the potential, you know, client a, uh, a demonstration of what their dog can do. And right. so where I'm going with this is, is that once you do all of that and just having a dog sitting on a climb, for 15 minutes is pretty amazing for a lot of people and not getting off. Um, that starts to, to uh, I guess, that's that's where the impulse buy starts to happen. And so we were getting issues with people, you know, not a lot, but it was happening where they would book this. We've got them on the schedule. Back then at that time, we didn't have very many runs, and so we're full, and then somebody cancels. Uh, all I've got is that they signed the credit card reader and that was it and then they go and do a charge back and then you have that you have that issue on your hands so now we had our attorney come up we've got like i hate to say it there's it's like a seven page contract uh um, wow. that details what training is going to take place what we're going to cover in the training the date of birth on the dog the the breed the name i mean we've got all the details in there and then we have them initial every single section and then sign at the end. And, and this contract basically states that, you know, there are no refunds once you book, and once, you're, once you leave here, it's, it's a done deal. I mean, there's just, there's just no refunds. Before, uh, before the past 10 weeks, the past 10 weeks have been a little bit brutal if I'm being honest with this economy, but we had a four to six week waiting period. And so wow. it's hard when you're running a four- to six waiting period on 40, uh, 48 runs for somebody to do a last-minute cancellation like that, and then you try to find somebody to book that. I mean, it can literally right. cost you, you know, 150 dollars a day, and it, for us, in our case, lost business. So they signed yeah. the contract, and, and we're done. Um, once people are under contract, when they call in and you bring that up you know, it's usually done. I mean, it's like you're under contract. I'm sorry. You know, we really can't, you know, change this because we won't be able to book your run. They've Fine. got that signed. That's, that's finished. We, we, we collect up front for all training. I, I don't let anybody book any training unless it's paid in full. On rare Fine. occasions, I will accept a deposit. Listen, if nobody can put any money down, they're not serious or they don't have the money to, to start right. training. That's just my experience. And so, you know, let's get, let's get your payment done. We'll get the contract finished. And then, uh, like I said, the only other piece of, of paper after that is your, uh, health and acceptance, um, form. Hmm. So,
3: you know, recently, Rob, I'm sure you're aware that pieces of equipment that have been utilized in dog training for years, if not a century, like prong collars and chain collars, I've gotten a pretty bad rep uh, in different parts of the world. So I have two questions. One, have you seen some people kind of be reluctant on some pieces of equipment? And do you offer uh, pieces of equipment that people can use for training?
2: I We don't put anything on your dog that you're not comfortable with. <clears throat> okay. we, we use martingales. We use choke chains. We use mm-hmm. pinch collars. We use e-collars. We use slip leashes. If you don't understand a piece of equipment, we have it all laid out there on the table at your eval, and we're going to show you exactly how that equipment works so that you can understand it. Most people, when you put an e-collar on their wrist and you show them the controller and you show that it goes from 1 to whatever it is, 140, it depends on the collar that you have, And you say, listen, most dogs that we work with, it's, it's effective anywhere from like a 5 to a 20. And when you put right. that on their wrist and you say, do you mind if I show you what this feels like? Most people don't even feel it. And right. once they understand it better, uh, you know, you're good to go. And so that's what right. we take the time with those people to show them and i like Beautiful. i said we're transparent here because you're not going to get out of it lying to people it's going to come around oh. and knock you in the back of the head make sure that you're honest and transparent with them so if you don't understand it we're going to go over it with you and uh and then that equipment is always quality stuff we get these people that buy these e-collars on amazon and they're from china those those collars as you know don't provide consistent stimulation uh, or they don't even work or they're hot, you know, there might be a two there, but it's a hundred on a, on a, a doctra, You know what I mean? And so, exactly, yeah. so we, we just, we tell them, no, uh, you know, send that back. This is what we use here. And we are an e-collar tech dealer. We are a doctra dealer and, and everything that we have that we show them, we have at the facility for them to purchase.
3: Beautiful.
1: Awesome. So what, what, uh, what is your criteria and and uh, you know reasonings for not being afraid to fire a client? What are some examples of some things that are a, a, a no go for you guys,
2: uh, client wise? One thing that bothers me, and, and I, it's it's interesting because I have a client that we just took on two days ago, and the dog has been here for thirty six hours, and they've called six times. Mm. <laughs> um, that's already a concern for me, um, and so. Those uh, trainers are advised to get a manager involved. I, We have an operations manager, we have a lead trainer, and then you have myself. Excuse me. And so if we get somebody that, that is like this lady who I talked to her this morning, I, I try to explain to them, hey, relax. I understand that this is tough for you to be away from FIDO. But let us do our job. We need to build a relationship with this dog before we can get started training and be effective. We'll send you a couple of pictures. You're going to see him in a week because on our trainings, we you're going to come in um, each week. Uh, so so like on a two-week, which is our on-leash obedience, um, you're going to come in. Um, actually, I'm sorry. You come in at the end for that. But we're going to give you a phone call uh, uh, after week one. We're going to go over... Um, what's been accomplished and how he he or she is doing and and reassure the client and then at that second week they're coming in for their pickup so have i ever had to fire a client i think we've only fired two clients i'm all about trying to to communicate with that person and and let them know hey it's going to be okay i know it's a rough time but let us do our job it just takes time. I mean, it's not, it's not some, you know, we can't get this done. You know, I get these calls, Kate, can you get my dog off leash in a week? And, you know, in some (laughs) cases it, some cases it might take a week to get the relationship built up where we need it. Right. Yeah.
3: So you get to the point where, you know, you've scaled the business to where you're at now. What, what's the next, uh, what's the next adventure? Or what's the next thing that you're looking forward to as far as building the business? What does that look like as far as scaling?
2: We are hoping to break ground next summer. And I'm wanting to open up an additional uh, building that will consist of a clubhouse, a classroom, and then an additional training arena, and then some mm-hmm. offices. Because right now, the way we're set up in our our administrative offices and Uh, indoor training arena, my office desk, the ops manager and the lead trainer were in the pro shop in the entrance where a lot of the clients are coming through. So it's been quite distracting. So my goal is, is to get this other building done, turn that pro shop into a full pro shop so that we'll have actually almost double what we currently have and offer some more products, move over there and keep our seminars in that new building. But I also want to, I want to see if I can potentially get a school for dog trainers started at some point. And that's kind of where I'm headed with. I I, I want to go in that direction and see if I can, you know, contract with um, people. You know, there's a lot of people that I know out there that have worked in some of these schools and see if we we can do something on our end. Um, the other thing that I'm trying to do is I want to get an on-site veterinarian. Um, we don't have any working dog veterinarians in the area, and and that's unfortunate. And so uh, I'm looking at purchasing a corner lot that's, that's adjacent to my property and seeing if we can get a veter- veterinarian office in there. I think that we're probably two to three years out for that. But I want this veterinarian to cater specifically to working dogs so that uh, law enforcement people uh, in the area and, and those uh, that have working dogs have, have some kind of a specialist that they can go to. I, I love that. Yeah, I do,
1: too. And I agree that that would be a good thing to have on site because, you know, with anything, especially with the, within the working dog program that you have in the seminar circuit, there's always injuries mm-hmm. thought, on some level. Um you know, I think that would be a great idea. And I can't wait to see that. Um, so <clears throat> about this week's seminar, we're on the last night. Uh, today was the the ending of the seminar. It was a great seminar. It's a detection summit started on Monday, ended today around five. And we had Simon prince Pat Nolan, Bob Bailey was here um, and Cameron Ford. What are some of the challenges that you faced when putting all this together, because some of them are older. Some of them are from another continent
2: and, um, and they're all very, very busy. There are a lot of challenges to put together something like this. The The first thing is, is do the three of these guys get along and can they work together? <laughs> um, and that was one of the first things I, I, I knew everybody except for Cameron Ford, him and I have never met. We've spoke on the phone maybe a time or two, Uh, but I know that these guys, they all know each other and they they have crossed paths somewhere. And I was like, I need to get these guys together. And so I, I actually had a conference call with the three of them um and they were like, yeah, this sounds really interesting. It's it's never been done before. They've never been in one under one roof. And five days is quite a, a, a lengthy time for a for a, a workshop. And so yeah. they they and then could I pull it off financially? You know, it's it's yeah. uh it's not cheap to get, you know, all these people in here and you know, the the all of these guys work and do government contracts. Uh, They're all over the globe uh, uh, doing things. Um, I don't think uh, uh, a lot of people thought that this was going to be geared uh, strictly towards law enforcement. That's not what I wanted. I wanted to open this up to search and rescue teams. I wanted to, you know, I wanted law enforcement there. Uh, You know, I wanted any sport people that might be interested. Everybody's got something to offer. And so um, we had to get. These guys on the same page, they had to have these dates available. I really didn't want to do it in November because I'd like to go to PSA nationals and PSA nationals ended the last, the the last day, I believe was Sunday. And the, the next, the next day, Monday was when we were, we were starting the detection summit. So scheduling was a challenge. Um, these guys, uh, you know, made their own reservations to get out here and such, but then you've got catering that needs to be done. Um, as, as Steven knows, we were out, uh, at like five different locations. We, we procured a, a movie theater. We, uh, had a warehouse. One of the interesting ones was we had a, a big candle company that we went to, uh, which I thought would be a challenge for the dogs with those strong, uh, uh, candle odors in there permeating <laughs> everywhere. And, Uh, and that was interesting. And we went to, you know, we had a storage facility. So it's just getting everybody on the same page and, and making sure that those, those can be available. And then you had, I mean, I think we had the 63 people here and, uh, you know, having a hotel set up and, you know, getting, you know, the, the appropriate group rate for them. And, and, um, it's, it's tough guys. It's tough. I'm losing uh, my train of thought just a little bit because I'm, I'm fried from this long week. I mean, I'm I I I like to run a five star operation. and It has to come off five star. Nothing anything less is just not acceptable for me. Uh, I uh, my credibility and reputation is very important to me. And um, you know, bringing these type of guys out here, I want them to have a good time and come back again. You know. Yeah, of course. So you talked about
3: you know, the scaling aspect, is there any, any desire at all to go to other States and bring joint forces 2.0
2: somewhere else? Steve, I've been asked that a few different times and I'm, I'm capable of doing that, but I just, I don't, I, I don't think I have the bench strength for that. And I, I don't think that I, um, I don't know if I would want to have to manage all of that. It, it's, it's very difficult. <laughs> I mean, to, to keep things the way that I want them here, it's already hard enough. And and my right. hat, I salute everybody. Uh, you know, some of these other, uh, you know, you've, you've got these other um, franchises out there uh, and I salute them for what they're doing because it's, it's, it's a lot of work. But I, I just don't, I don't think I want to deal with that. Uh, makes
3: sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, dialing it back to the, uh, seminar that we just went through. Um, I, I mean, how'd you feel about it? How did you, 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 did it go the way you had envisioned and had planned because from a personal standpoint, um, you know, like, like, like Rob said, we went to five different locations and to secure these places and have the space for the amount of people and to provide the food and, you know, the level of instruction, you know, I learned a lot. My dog took away a lot. Uh, Rob, what did you take away from this personally?
2: I, there's a lot to, there's a lot out there to learn and I, I'm just so grateful uh, well, Bob Bailey was a shocker for me. me I, I had met him one other time, but to have a guy like that in some of the stories that he, <laughs> I don't know what I'm allowed to talk about and what I can't, but I mean, that guy is a secret squirrel that I've never seen before. I mean, he, he was just absolutely amazing to have something like that there. But I, I like the teamwork that I saw. I like the dedication that these, these, these teams had. Um, I, there were people working dogs, Steve, there was people working dogs three hours after we got done with the seminar and it wow. was, it was just so cool and, and gratifying for me to see the commitment that these people had, uh, to their dogs and, and everybody worked very well together. Um, I think we did a pretty good job organizing this. I think a lot of the people um, have a lot to take back with them. There's people that have some things to work on. And um, I, I'm just so grateful that we were able to do this and get these guys. I don't know if this will ever happen again. I mean, you just, I mean, it, it's, it, I don't know. And so I, I'm just, I'm re- I am am really happy with the results.
3: Man, that's awesome.
2: So what, what's your next big event?
3: I know it's probably too soon. It's like asking, uh, you know, uh, a newly- Uh, uh, a woman who just had a kid. When's the next time you're going to have a kid, but (laughs) when's the next time you're going to put a a big event on?
2: I don't know when the next real big one will be. I mean, we we've already got Larry Crone on the books. Uh, Sean Edwards is coming back out for a three day Deadpool decoy camp. Uh, It's it's, I can, I can talk about this one. It's just not on the website yet, but Oscar Mora has uh committed to coming out i think that's going to be the first part of june and the other ones i i I don't know how much i can talk about them but i'm working on robert cabral and the next big event might be michael ellis we'll have to see i'm I'm still working on that one
1: Wow, so. and that's, that's awesome, Rob. I, I, and I hope to be able to attend those and, um, you know, keep seeing you. And I know it's a long ass drive to get here, but you know, I have a ball every time I come. It's always fun. So, um, where, where can everybody find you? Give your social media, how they can get in touch with you. Anybody that needs dog training wants to attend one of these world-class seminars, where can they find you?
2: So, uh we have a Facebook page, Joint Forces K9. Uh we're on Instagram, we do have a, a nice YouTube channel going, and then you can get to our website by going to jfk9.us. And actually we uh just recently put the events. We were using, you know, running our events through Facebook, but it's just not reliable. So, we have an hmm. events uh tab at the top of our uh, our website.
1: Steve, awesome. any any Closing thoughts, questions, comments?
3: Oh, no, I just I hope to get an invitation the next time you have a big event on. And, uh, man, I can't wait to, to see uh, the facility and to meet you personally. And, uh, you know, thanks for what you're doing for our industry. I know it's a business, but you're providing an opportunity for people to learn some really, really awesome things and potentially life saving things. So you know, thanks for what you're doing for our industry. And, and uh, it was good to meet you, man.
2: I appreciate that. I may see you very soon. I've been invited to go down to Lackland. And so I'll look you up when I get down that way.
3: We we'll love you, man. Definitely meet you.
1: All righty guys. Well, thank you both for your time. And uh, just for the listeners, uh, Stephen had to tune in via phone this time. So if there's any quality concerns or issues, you know, we apologize, but uh, yeah, we're at the seminar recording. So that's uh, how it is. So Rob. <laughs> Thank you for your time and uh, coming over here and sitting down with us and giving us some valuable insight into how you run your, in my opinion, awesome business. And uh, Steven, I know it's Friday night. You got family and kids and stuff. Thank you for taking the time out to sit down with us.
3: It's always my pleasure.
2: Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate it. Thanks guys. Have a great weekend. All right. See you. Thank you for listening to the dogs of war.